Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall, and today's topic, the Raw After WrestleMania Greatest Moments. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. I guess, Dave. And Craig. Easy, brother. Easy, brother. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, Raw After Mania. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Guys, what is Raw After Mania? What are we talking about? We got some great stories today. I don't even know, Dave. Like, it's not going to be the same God, this year. I just, I just don't even. It's not even going to be the same <laughs> this year. Like, uh, it's everybody knows what we're all going through without, you know, getting too hard into this. Like, <sighs> you know, it, it, the, yeah. it's almost looked forward to more than Mania itself for the most part. Because the day after Mania is Raw. And usually I would say since like 2013 and on, it's become its own. Like they've become the crowd has become like a third man, like in the room, like the the day after mania is always special because that used to spike ratings back in the day. And, you know, they would kind of hit the reset button. They would sort of conclude a lot of stuff at mania, start new feuds. And then that raw the next day would be like the big push to start the new feud for the summer programs, basically. But uh, there's a lot of cool stuff after 2013. There, the crowd just sort of started stealing the show and taking over. And a lot of that has to do with like social media presence and stuff where people can kind of refine chance and, you know, do things that sort of steals the show. And you can't deny when it's a live broadcast and the crowd starts chanting something, it's like, well, you can't, you can't do anything about it really. Um, So yeah, this is, it's become super special the day after mania, really special. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's truly the, yeah, ahead, the night that the stayovers from WrestleMania from the city, kind of the, the smartest, most passionate fans that they have in the world, uh, minus the people that are just there for the big stadium show, they stay and get tickets to the Raw after. They can always be counted on the expectation now each and every year gets bigger and bigger for a bigger return, a bigger start to an angle. They can always be counted on for sing-alongs and chants, and it's always just a hugely, hugely fun night. Um, coming right off of WrestleMania. It's the beginning. It's almost like the Daytona 500 for NASCAR and the beginning of another like wrestling season. If wrestling did have seasons, they go 24 7, 365. But that Monday after WrestleMania yeah. is the beginning of their next season, their season premiere, if you will. <laughs> if you will. Hey, does the uh, fucktard that's trying to be quiet have anything to say about it? I saw you jump on. Stop fucking around. Oh, cuz jumped on? I see him on there. Yeah, I see him. He's probably setting stuff up. <sighs> Bitch. He did jump on, little cocksucker. Yeah, you see him, right? Yeah, cocksucker. But anyway, yeah, so this is... Dick Cheese. This is a... We've been <laughs> wanting to talk about this for a while, because it is, it, like like I said, the crowd the day after Mania, and Craig explained it very well, they almost become like a, a, a force, like they're part of it now. They will shit on something they don't like at all, no matter if you're trying to push it over as face or push someone as heel, they will shit on them if they don't like them or they'll cheer a heel so loud to try to tell the company, like we like this guy or girl, like we want you to push them. Now 
it is skewed because it, like Craig said, it's a lot of the hardcores left and you got to find the happy medium, right? Between like the casuals and the hardcore. But uh, there's a lot of really kick-ass moments that have taken place the day after WrestleMania. And I think David will take us through some, huh? You like that? that I, I, well, well there, that's what one. I said. That, uh, oh, God. You know, oh, God. Every time there's a Raw after Mania, you, you know, everyone picks their indie darling. They'll cheer for them. And then the next week they're bored and they stop cheering for them. So. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Dave just to, quit. You know, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just go. Dave just quit the podcast right now. I can't. I can't even fucking. Dave, I like you. You know, I know you and I disagree I a lot of things, but one thing that we both can agree on is that in interesting commies, they they bring everything down a little bit. And you and I also agree that the dirt sheets misinform everyone. But go carry on. Go ahead. I like you, Dave. I can't. Yeah, you can. Believe in yourself. Can't. I can't. I can't fucking. I can't deal with this shit. I really can't. <laughs> you, you can believe in yourself. I got. You know, I got I got too much fucking horse shit to deal with during the week to deal with your fucking shit, cuz right now I really <laughs> don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need it. I really. I mean, do you have anything constructive to say about this fucking situation? Or are you just gonna be a dickwad? Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> what? Dave, just jump into the first one. Oh, there we go. All right, let's talk about where we really feel, at least in our opinion, where Raw after Mania really mattered. Where you're like, wow, that was a big deal. If you thought Mania was a big deal, Raw after Mania becomes just as big, if not bigger. We're talking about March 30th of 1998. We're talking about X-Pac returning to the WWE on Raw in March of 98. What are we talking about? What happened? This was the perfect example of what Craig said. Like It's like they start they hit the refresh button and start like a new season of wrestling like dx was sean michaels triple h china and rick rude originally and the group did have a different look to it you know they were what really started the dx group was you know sean and triple h really thought that the wwf should go a more a little more edgier with their product because they were doing a lot of bubblegum shit and all that but um what ended up happening was DX looked a certain way. It was really all centered around Shawn Michaels, right? He was trying to be the brass one. And Triple H started developing his character from Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H. He was trying to figure out a different voice for himself. Um, China helped the group go along. Rude was kind of odd to be a part of it, to be honest. But I mean, like it was he was part of the original core. So when Shawn left, which Shawn made it apparent after he would put Austin over at mania 14. Michaels was a big fucking baby and decided to leave and he was burnt out and he did a lot of pills and stuff and he had a lot of injuries. So it was, trust me, it was best that Michaels left. Um, And after the whole debacle with Brett in 90, Indiana 97, it was just time for him to leave. So when he leaves at mania, um, Vince and them wanted to disband Degeneration X. Michaels is gone. It's over. But Triple H legitly did behind the scenes kind of politic and push and be like, no, like, let me. I feel this group can go even bigger than what it was like. I can take it to a different place. Let me be the leader. Let me try. If I fail, you can kill it. So he went out there the next night on Raw, the Raw after Mania. And cut a really good promo, and you could tell he was starting to get a little bit, you know, now his voice is all gravelly, Triple H, but back then, Triple H talked like this, and it was, like, hard. You could tell, though, that that day after Mania, he was starting to get a little bass in his voice. He was trying to figure out his character, and he pretty much said, look, Sean dropped the ball. He's gone. He left, but I'm not going to turn my back on this group, and I'm, I'm sure Sean was okay with these comments. I'm not saying he felt this way about Sean, but he on the screen, he really wanted to put his character over and be like, I'm grabbing this shit by the horns. This group isn't going anywhere. I want to breathe some new life into it. I'm the leader now. Yeah. I want China to still grow. I want uh, New Age Outlaws to still grow. And now I want to bring back someone from the Click, which he referenced, you know, the the behind the stage group that Sean used to, you know, be over. It was like the Click. Which could have been more real at that moment. Right, right? yeah. And yeah. so out walks X-Pac, who was in WCW for the whole prior year. He left the WWF as one, two, three kid. He went to the NWO as six-Pac the sixth member of the NWO and it didn't really work out great for him there. He kind of, he was there for a while and then he got injured and he struggled in and out for about a year. So when he came back here, 
it was like, it was a big deal. Someone actually left WCW and went to WWF instead of the fucking other way around, which for the whole two years before, that's all it was, was the ship sinking, people jumping off the ship, ship going to WCW for bigger paychecks, less work dates, you know? And so here comes X-Pac back and he gets in there and he's dressed with DX shit and he gets in there and he cuts a promo and basically shits on Bischoff, shits on Hogan. So again, it's real. You feel it. Like, you're like, oh my God, like they're dead serious. And so it really set the tone and this was a big moment for me and I'm not even like an over the top DX fan and we've all talked about Triple H and Michaels and what we feel about them and like but I just thought it was really nicely done you know this is how you make characters and they use the day after mania as a really important reset button to restart this group that actually Triple H took it Michaels kind of wanted it more like just juvenile and gritty Whereas Triple H took it to cartoony. Triple H took it over the top. They rode the tank into the WCW arena after this shortly. They did a lot of shit. They yeah. dressed up like the Nation of Domination and had a great feud. And like, it was just kind of like <laughs> they went over the top with it. Triple H took it sports entertainment-ish. And I thought it was a really good direction. The day after WrestleMania started this. And I, I think it was a great moment. I think this is a good, uh, good uh, subject to talk about. And what do you think, Craig? I was trying to think back to whether we knew we, we we all received the email newsletters at this point. And just your your encyclopedia memory might might know this, but these days you get rumors of things happening before it's happening. It's tough to be spoiled everything. And I'm trying to think if uh, it was only a few days after I think Xbox was let go from WCW had a had a neck injury. I think fired uh, one of them via fax or whatever. And so I'm thinking whether we had any prior knowledge of this happening at all, or this was one of those truly surprising ones, which we had no clue. And I, I mean, I can't even remember. I, 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 I don't even know if I knew about it. And if I did, it was just because I looked for it hard that like the, yeah, internet was not massive here in yeah. 1998 and it wasn't not uh, nothing yeah. like now. I mean, not even no. close. So like there was no social media. There was nothing like that. Not d- even close. Matrix here. emails so, of like, of, uh, yeah, of rumors. If and I news did, and it was like of off of uh, I don't even remember the wrestling site that I followed. It wasn't even the Observer I followed. It was something different, and I just uh, it was free. I didn't subscribe to anything. But maybe I read about it, or I, I read that he was let go from WCW. But I didn't know if that they were going to repackage him and bring him back like this. So it yeah. was a surprise, it, oh, and that totally. is a good point because you know, yeah, it, <clears throat> it worked really well. Because I'm not saying. He was a well-known name, but he wasn't like a megastar X-Pac. He never really was. But to bring him back like this and connect him like that, it was kind of cool because we let Triple H take us on that ride. And then X-Pac comes down there and says, yeah, I agree. They suck over there. I literally, I think yeah. he said like Hulk Hogan, you suck. Yeah. And like, yeah, he took shots. And so it was really cool. And shoot. A yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was all it was a great, great moment. I think that's a it, it's a good uh, moment to start off this subject with because it. Yeah, it's. Craig even said it was this is where this is where it started raw after mania this is kind of the whole subject of it this is I don't remember ever really yeah no it wasn't a thing and you're right and and mania 14 kind of I think we talked about it on a past episode where mania 14 there was nothing overly great about it but like it was all the energy of wrestlemania 14 was this energy that would that would fuel the company for three years and after this and it was the day after Mania continued it. Like Dave said, it really kind of formed itself here. It became a big deal. I got to watch the day after WrestleMania because now people are starting to return out of nowhere. You would think they would debut them on the biggest stage, WrestleMania, but they didn't. Purposely, they waited until the day after, which was genius because now you have something else to look forward to rather than just like, uh, you know, the Raw after Mania is just going to be recapping kind of whatever happened at Mania. But no, it's all new stuff now. Yep. No, exactly right. It's a, it's. It's one of those situations where you knew when, when mania was coming up, uh, you had to watch it. So that, that was a fact. Sorry, I'm just going through all my horseshit text messages here. <laughs> the Brooklyn brawler, bro. All right. Anything to add? Uh, chive cuz. <laughs> chive cuz. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'll send the uh, great... And powerful cousin Jones out of here since you're not ready for that, Dave. Uh you gotta you gotta do the quote. I don't, I don't think anybody's ready for that. Let's just be clear about it right now. No, no one's like, ready for truth. But uh the you gotta quote, you gotta quote Triple H. You look to your family, you look to your blood, you look to the click. And I remember when when the music came on and and out X Pocket, I don't know if you remember Jim Ross. Well, you look at that. 
what the hell is this? Because it was a surprise. Because I think the how long was he on Night Show the week before before he showed up? To- I don't think it, no. It was the week he was off TV for a bit. He got fired okay. like FedEx or Fax or whatever. Oh, okay, like Stone Cold. Okay, well, yeah, I just, I just distinctly remember that, and and I think by that time I was already kind of getting into looking at you know rumors and shit online, and I I was shocked when that happened, and you know what was it a few weeks after that when was when they rode the tank like you were mentioning to yeah it was really it was really quick after yeah so I mean that to me I mean as much as I I I know everyone thinks it's uh. Not as, as eventful when uh, Rick Rude was in it, but I, I, I honestly still like the original. But then, obviously, you know, once Xbox came back, uh, came back, and then the New Age Outlaws and and that whole group formed, you know, it just took it to new levels. But yeah, I was, I was like genuinely and legitimately surprised when Xbox came back. That, that was actually it was a pretty cool moment to see when he came out. So, what's he saying, Jr.? And when you start an army. When you set out to do what no one else can do, the first thing you do is you look to your blood. You look to your buddies. You look to your friends. You look to the click. I just had to quote there those. There you go. Absolutely. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. We're going to go into April 8th of 2013, yeah, actually. One of my favorites. And we're going to talk about... Um, th- this is this is big. I don't Huge. think anybody would ever expect somebody to win the World Heavyweight title after WrestleMania. Not even after. We're talking the day after WrestleMania. We're talking about Zig Ziglar. Just straight up. Zig Ziglar. <laughs> This ain't sales. This ain't a sales book right now, but <laughs> it's not. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler cashing it in, right? So, just lead us into this moment. Why? Why did this happen? Why did it happen this way? Oh, we know. In 2013. Why. Well, you had two. You had two championships here. So, in a weird way, the title picture was kind of watered down, I mean, but shit. they were kind of using the World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, they would switch back and forth. They would make the World Heavyweight Championship the most important, or they'd make the WWE most important. But like it depends on who held it. But um, they 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 in a way the world heavyweight championship is kind of well, the way they should have been treating the IC title the whole time, but they didn't. But I mean, so I felt like okay, people started really cheering Dolph a lot, and people were really like getting behind him, and like they really liked his work, and he's a great athlete, and he reminded a lot of people of Shawn Michaels, and they even started building a little stable around him. He had Big E with him at the time. He had AJ Lee. So people were digging Dolph and they thought it was his time around this time. I don't think the company really realized. I, I think a lot of us did. The, the real diehards did. They thought this was this was Ziggler's time. Yeah. And so like they he kind of wasn't really in the picture. I want to say that Del Rio defended the title the night before at Mania against Jack Swagger, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, Dolph Ziggler at this point had won the money in the bank match. Uh, I don't think he won it the night before at Mania. Did he? I don't think so. No, um, no, no. It was he was, uh, it was before. Del Rio was fighting swagger on raw and Del Rio was already playing. Yeah. The, uh, and then they, but that was a rematch from mania the night yeah. before. And then, yeah. so swagger hurt his knee or whatever. And then I, I, Del Rio, you know, pulled through barely and then he laid there and you kind of just felt it. And the crowd when Dolph Ziggler's music hit, it went nuts. Like, I mean, this yeah. crowd absolutely this, erupted. This yeah. was the first year that I thought the crowd became a thing. Yeah, like where it, it was like they really started like trying to take over the show. We talk about Nights 98 being the first time that the company decided to use the Day After Mania as like a tool. I think the yeah. crowd at this point, because like they were chanty all night already leading up to it and they were super rambunctious. And when this happened, it was like universally they were screaming like yes this is the guy we wanted this yes 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 he comes out he cashes in the money in the bank he almost looked like he wasn't going to beat del rio and then he did and the place went nuts and his reign only lasted like a month or two it was fucking bullshit but i mean like it was cool this moment a lot of people think about when you say give me a moment of the day after wrestlemania people are like oh when ziggler like it just was so so great and they should listen to the crowd more and is all i can say about this moment 
Yeah, because Del Rio, he got, he was, you know, playing up the ankle injury. He was laying in the corner. And I remember uh, uh, that was when he was uh, with the, what's his name, right? Ricardo? I, the, yeah. The, his, his manager. He does. Yeah. Was yeah, he, he he was, me- yeah. They were faced together, right? He was faced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And the ref was checking on Del Rio in the corner and already people like even during the match, we want Ziggler. We want Ziggler. Yeah. And then I just remember them checking on him in the corner. Yeah, as soon as soon as music hit, he popped, it popped like crazy. Uh, Biggie and AJ Mendes were there with him. As soon as he walked in the ring and handed the the briefcase to the ref, the crowd got even louder. As soon as they announced it, the crowd got louder. Bell rang. The crowd got louder. Uh, Ziggler went in. Uh, Del Rio reversed. Inseguri uh, pinned him. The crowd went crazy when he kicked out. Ziggler tried to do a super kick. Del Rio got him an arm bar. And then as soon as he started hitting Del Rio's... I, I remember all this because I watched it so many times when it happened. Because uh, I was a huge fucking Ziggler fan. I still am. But, you know, back then I was really, like, crazy about Ziggler. And um, uh, I remember him hitting... Del Rio's ankle kind of removing the, uh, the knee or Del Rio's knee brace was falling off or whatever. And I remember uh, Ziggler hitting at his knee or shin or whatever. And the crowd went crazy as soon as they saw Del Rio let go of the arm bar. And then as soon as Ziggler hit that zigzag in the one, two, three, man, they just got even louder. And then when the ref handed him the belt and he held it up, they got even louder. So that it was just, it was, it was insane. It was one of the best to me, one of the best, one of my favorite, anyways. Uh, it might be the Russell biggest. I don't know. I mean, I, I know think we're going to so, talk about more moments, but that it might very well yeah. be. Like, Talk about giving us what we want and the, the pop he, that looking back, um, oh my god, research yeah. to this the pop that he got and the smile, uh, on your face of like, you're like, yes, and the fact that he didn't do it right away, and um, he yes. kicked out on, on that Jesus. two count, like, so they went for another three, three minutes where he really where he worked again on the ankle yeah. and finally got him. Uh, and yeah. the celebration was pure didn't, after that. Didn't allow, didn't allow a squash no. on it, right? He really had to work to get and it still. It, it, that's one of those moments where the arena was shaking, too. Yeah. And, like, even Michael Cole, like, Michael Cole was excellent on commentary. Uh, he was, even, he said, the arena's shaking! I can't <laughs> even hear it. Like, it was crazy. Well, it was good. And I knows, shit my pants! Uh, who knows what could have been? I think he got a concussion on the that's SmackDown yes. soon after. He, he, he didn't have yeah. it long after that. Who knows? I mean, that's probably, maybe it's, maybe like, why. Look, I know why. that, you know, around that time, they started pulling people for concussions. And I don't want to get yes. into a big thing about concussions. But, like, you know, if you just wrote better fucking stories... You could, if a champion is out for a couple of weeks while he passes, like you could, you, you yeah, could you could fucking that like out. he doesn't have to defend the title, but Vince will do it. Like you know, oh, he's got a especially concussion. as a heel. Take right? the title off on this one. On this one, to be fair though, on this one to be fair though, once he because I think Swagger kicked him or something. And that's what that's where the concussion came from. When 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 he uh, when they took him out because of that, they realized, and I think he even said like uh, they realized he had more concussions that he didn't even know about. Once they started doing all this, which is fine. All of them would. So if that's you scan why all of them. Him, but my point is, yeah, is like, sure. so you don't have to bail on them, right? Like you could still, I mean, if only there was another reference point I could use where a wrestler got injured and they kept him out of the ring and they played to it and made the crowd want him even more. It's odd. I don't know of anyone I could think of. I mean, it's just right from your fucking face. I, I almost want to say better than Hogan. Uh, it's the history. No, that's totally oh, false. Um, like, but it's the history of your own company and they forget about it. Like, I'm not saying like change Ziggler's character, but there's an easy way you can do stuff like that, you know? And obviously now that you're going to start checking for concussions more, more people are going to yeah, get pulled it was more for it. I get it. I totally get it, but you don't got to strip a fucking champion every time. I mean, recently, uh, Andrade, he's the U S champ. He got suspended for wellness, uh, policy violation. Um, but they didn't take the U S title on him. And then when they brought him back, you thought, oh, he's going to drop it right away. And he didn't. And I'm like, that's right. Because 
I don't want to know what goes on behind the scenes. Like, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I want you to be consistent with the storyline that you started telling me. Don't take punish me for that was like, a, it's ridiculous. That was a that was the closest thing to you book him to lose everything. Yeah, I got I, I used to get rid of that like a lot. Um, but like I I guess I've just given up, right? I've just given up. And, but but like, yeah, like it, you I don't want to know behind the scenes. Like back in the day, dicks were everywhere. Dicks were all over the place. That they, they were people were dicks. That's what they did. But I don't like I, and I don't but I don't need to know why it. did Randy Orton's title reign end? Well, he was a dick backstage. I don't care. Like I don't care. Cares, yeah. I don't fucking he care. Bags. I don't care. You get him in line did, backstage but. and you take care of him backstage because I don't give a shit. I just want just you to fucking continue handle the it. story that you told me. So Ziggler gets hurt. Well, he's injury prone. Or, or you can go to your writers and be like, hi, I pay you to write shit. Can you write some shit for him around his concussion? That would be great. See you later. That's do what you, you do. Do you and remember you make them accountable. You remember the, the ruthless aggression uh tapes that they they put on on the network where randy got hurt and he would describe his injury updates every week fucking genius in hindsight <laughs> heaven forbid i mean i don't what, care what heaven forbid the scenes. my my shoulder has gained a 30 percent increase in movement like they was making shit up but it was it was fucking great like just so you know i'm like oh my god like and you hated him for it. you hated randy orton but it was perfect like that and that is so bad in writing like, like, don't tell me, like, Dolph already had a whole stable around him. You couldn't have made that work for a period of time while he was injured. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's all it's all hindsight. No, the saying, answer is, yes, they could have. I'm and sure they just didn't want I to. I mean, did, like, did Dolph have the money in the bank since that summer? Did he hold that for that long? Yeah, it was yeah, like over so a year. We waited right? that long for him to cash it in. Yeah. Like we were, he tried we, to cash it on Sheamus, uh, yeah. Swagger, a bunch of people. We were fine waiting think, for yeah. him at that time and, like, and then Keep you give him a big ass moment. Yeah. Now nobody knew the crowd was going to be that hot. You wouldn't know until it happened. But they that moment was booked to be a big deal, no matter what they thought the crowd was going to be. So like you put all that yeah, investment that was, that into was him. Planned. It's it's just like yeah. when you invest something in it, whether it's a company or or uh, uh, inside your company, like a monkeyer, like a this is our war cry for the next year. You know this is how we're going to you know approach sales or whatever. You don't abandon it because you got to ride it out and see if it works. Like. But they just, it, yeah. this is, this is the beginning of the time where they just abandon shit. Like if it, if it, if your last name wasn't Cena, we had no fucking faith in you. And I, I hate it because it's such a great and moment. What's, what's, what's interesting about the whole thing is that to this day, Dolph is still in, I don't, you know, I don't want to say main event, but he's upper mid card, you know, minimum. He's still in the storyline right now. The life. whole stuff with Mandy. But I, I don't take him serious I'm anymore, I'm though. You. That's the problem is no, I don't take can't. him serious because the company well, is gone. Well, the thing is, like, they could have rekindled well, the it problem. with the Survivor Series 2014. Have, they could have actually, again, yeah, they could have went with it. Well, that, but we're, we're so far beyond that. We're six years into that now, and they still have so much um, st- uh, stock in Ziggler. Then why, then why did you bail but on the one, so But the one thing that they've done a good job of with Ziggler since the moment we're talking about is tell me that he doesn't matter. They've done a great job at that. So now it's like, even though I'm glad he's on TV, sure. I actually don't give a flying fuck about, I don't even care when I see him anymore. I'm like, uh, like I don't, I don't, I just don't believe anymore in him because I'm like, yeah, "Eh, whatever. Like you can't take it serious. Whatever. Like even what's the, so what's, what's the definition of that safe? So, yeah, we're not, we're not going to strap the rock shit to him, but we can always count on him. It's all, it's, it's relying on behind the scenes, he fell in line. He still resigns his contracts. They let him do his little stand up shit that he does. Yeah, they do all right. that stuff. So in their mind and what they say to him behind the scenes is you got a stable career, man. Like the Miz, you have a stable yeah, career. And so you're fine. You've made it in life. You're working here. We're the biggest company in the world wrestling wise. And those, you're those, here. Those motherfuckers should be running. So the they would rather tell that kidding. story behind the scenes than, than to your audience in front of the camera who needs to invest in these characters and follow your storylines. They don't give a shit about that. They just want to tell I, to, to, they want to neuter him and teach him. Be thankful that you're here. You can't do this anywhere else. Right? Like I'm you're telling fine. You, like, you know, and I, I don't want to get too far off the subject, but we've all, we've all talked about the Miz just cutting a lot, just a sick, you know, raw promo on Daniel Bryant on, you know, SmackDown was it SmackDown after hours, right? Whatever it was. And, um, and and we knew what the Miz was capable of. We knew it before then, right? But people like Ziggler and the Miz, those guys should be 
the the head of all your stables, the guys that hold the titles for like 80, 90 percent of the time until they finally get beat at WrestleMania. Because this is this is and, let's be well, real, not to harbor not on it, but like therein lies the problem. Yeah. Therein lies the problem is like mm-hmm. they like it because they've accepted it in backstage. Like to 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 Miss and Ziggler, they understand it. They're like, you know what? This is a good career. I have work stability. I have, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever they want. I'll get. Yeah. You, you want to be in the Marine they get Seven? Their moment, okay. Like, you, know? you remember what Stone well, Cold when they said, get right? their moment, they'll take it. You remember what Stone Cold they'll said? They'll get their moment. They'll take it. Just yeah, what he said. Just like Stone Cold said, all I see are people that are happy with just being on TV. I mean, he's right when he says that stuff. People are just content with the 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 place they have, and like someone like Ziggler probably already knows. Man, after I'm done, I could either be a producer, I can be an agent, I can be a coach, and this and that. I mean, I, I'm sure Ziggler wants more because I mean, Ziggler's been there for a long, long fucking time. But but then again, maybe since he's been there for a long, long fucking time, maybe he's like, you know what? I'm cool now. I don't care. Not saying that's right, but yeah. that's probably what. It is. No, and he has. You have two different type of stars now. You know, the ones that want to wrestle. Uh, and then the ones that are just like, this is a stable career. Yeah. How could you want anything more? I think, but, yeah. Yeah. I think I Dolph can't. has always wanted to explore other avenues too, or find that next kind of step, like his stand-up comedy. He's really tried in every kind of yeah. market he goes to. He wants to do comedy shows. He's done them with Foley. Not to, not, and that's, that's no knock on his dedication or his heart. He's, you know, no. he's still a bump machine and he's always, uh, but he realizes great. where he is. Yeah. He realizes what the environment yeah. is. Yeah. And he knows that's, he that's has a bump card it, yeah. as they say. Yeah, yeah. He's not the kind of guy. He's not. He's not the. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy that's just been like, "Well, fuck this." Right. He's just. He's hit this. I feel like he's hit this. And scene. we're never going to fall for it again. They're, not, they're never going to give him an extended shot. It seems again. Like or yeah. So it's we. We're just like I know I, it's I, not. I wouldn't yeah. believe it's it. Short lived. Whenever we see some Brock and McIntyre match, and he pins Brock. Funny. Yeah. Like at Mania, he just runs somehow. It's not Braun Strowman. It's Dolph Ziggler. He beats Brock. And Z- no, Z- well, yeah, it's Goldberg. Uh, Sorry, Goldberg. It's Goldberg. <laughs> he does yeah. the finger poke of doom well, to Goldberg. <laughs> oh no! Fucking great. Well, speaking of which, you know, speaking of Brock, we're going to go back to April second yes. of 2012. Oh, we're going to rewind just a segue. little bit. Good job, Dave. And, and here, here's the yeah, here's yeah. the whole thing, right? You know, we talked about uh, you Brock know Mr. Heyman saying, you know, the, the Lesnar hype, you know, where he really ran the place was only two years, and then Lesnar decides, uh, this isn't for me. I'm going to leave and I'm going to join the NFL and see how that works. And that that's okay. You know, he almost makes, he almost makes the Minnesota Vikings on their roster, by the way, when he almost never played before. Right. So when you think about that, like, holy crap. And then he goes into the USC and does some serious damage. But then towards the end of it, you're talking about Lesnar returning to the WWE on the 2nd of April of 2012, where in my opinion, reality and theater cannot cross any more of a segue than right now. Agree, disagree? This is this is real. Like Brock beat legitimate people yeah. for legitimate UFC titles and comes back to the WWF or WWE at this point. I can't remember where it segued out. WWE. This this is this is where like holy shit, this is a real badass that really destroyed real people in a real environment and he's coming back to this, what's going to happen right now that I think about it, because you're mentioning that it actually, because, you know, we talk about when he, when he came, when he came back, well, we'll get to the match, his first match when he came back, or we'll talk briefly on it. But when he was in UFC, when he first went to the UFC and Jess, you're probably going to know what I'm, what I'm kind of alluding to now, because you remember his first match back in WWE against, you know, the person, yeah, the person that we will not name yet. Um, His first match in UFC, actually he lost. When he showed up, he dominated the fight until Frank Mir. He fought Frank Mir when he first showed up in UFC. He dominated that fight. He looked like a legit badass. But he caught him. Yeah, and Frank Mir caught he him caught in a him, heel right? hook, tapped him out. And then Brock went on to have a rematch and pummeled him and made him look like Hamburger Hill, his face. And then he, like, destroyed people. He got diverticulitis and then got beat. But, yeah, he like you said, yeah. he destroyed he destroyed Randy Couture, who was, I mean, you know, we can say he was kind of, you know, already. Randy Couture should he have already old, retired. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, yeah. but Randy Couture also proved that even at that age, he can knock out and destroy the best heavyweights in the world. And sure. Brock went in there inexperienced compared to all of them, beat the shit out of them. You know, he had his run in UFC. And then, yeah, like, just that aura. And I remember throughout the night, people chanting for Brock. And it was kind of like, it was like, oh, man. Like you didn't know for sure, but you kind of did. I mean, the rumors were already well, saying that. Well, at this point, he, he yeah, the rumors, there. you know, internet yeah. was a little bit more prominent here, and so people kind of knew. 
But like, yeah, when his music hit, but the even more important though, before this moment, this was the day after WrestleMania 28, yeah. which was the first uh, rock and Cena match. Cena, yeah. So Cena just lost the yeah. night before. It's like the biggest yes. match of his career. And then they booked him like a total fucking dolt yeah. coming out here or whatever going, you know what, guys? Yeah. You just get yeah. back yeah, exactly. on the horse. And then when, when Lesnar's music hit, he's like, huh? Yeah. And he fucking stood in there. <laughs> the place went bonkers for Lesnar. Yes. And it was just amazing to see him again. It's almost the like this is the best guy. thing for Lesnar leaving this long. Taught yes. Lesnar to, to be fond of wrestling. He missed it. But then the aura that he came in with, people are because like, well, this guy's see. fucking a killer. Yeah. Like, he's real. Yes. And so when he yeah. got in there, fucking scene was like, put her there, pal. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Lesnar killed him with the F5. I'm like, how more stupid can you book Cena? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it just shows like, again. Like, do? <laughs> I don't want to shit on the writers, but holy Christ. Like, he loses to The Rock the night before. Looks stupid already doing that. And then the next day, he's like, whose music is that? And then Lesnar comes down, and he's <laughs> like, you know what? I don't know anything about you or your past. Put her there. And then, blah, like, and he gets his ass kicked. And I'm just like, oh, God, Cena, you're so stupid. Like, I, I well, imagine he, so he did say Cena okay. being dressed in overalls with, like, a hayseed or, like, a piece of straw in his mouth with the way Jason's doing impression <laughs> <laughs> He's a hayseed. Well, shucks. Who's this? Oh, my golly. He, he, he wanted like, the rock why, to why, come why, out. Why is, why is Cena now become hillbilly <laughs> Jr. I don't know. In the process? Like, when any don't good guy, know, when any face is booked like a... When any face is booked like a straight up jackass, like I just yeah. imagine him going, oh, shucks. It, yeah, like, oh, my goodness. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, oh, I did not shit. see that coming. And then, How did that happen to me? He like, came uh, out to don't go messing with a country boy, too, which is really weird. Rock, I want you to come out here to put it there. Yeah. Oh, no. But like eight years is a long time. And I, I didn't realize that he hadn't been in the ring since yeah. WrestleMania 20. Like, that's a long time. And, and for him, to he had been of, gone longer than he was in WWE. And that's crazy. <laughs> the legitimacy he came back with and the monster yeah, and the, the aura man and he's he hasn't really slowed down since um no. and let me and it's let me big, be honest you know i know we can't talk forever about it but like yes like brock lesnar's uh fantastic and like legitly i mean like not just oh yeah he used to be people of real he really gets wrestling his character has been the best thing about wwe since his re-debut like, and it's because he's in the ring less because they can hold him back more you don't see him every week they can't fuck him up which they probably which love is how to. it should be. They would love God to fuck it. him up, but the they champion can't. should not be all on air all the time. He's got a great mouthpiece, but Lesnar even can feed into Paul Heyman. The Paul say something stupid. Like he knew what he was oh. doing when he did that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, coming out with the jukebox, like, you know, the little jukebox thing they did. Oh, fucking brilliant. Like Wait, he's just funny. The like, the bank jukebox? He, he gets it. He knows off. when he knows when he's got to be a killer, which is most of the time. But then he's like, I got to endear a little bit. And so he'll do it. And like, it's like, uh, he gets it. He knows exactly you, what he's doing. Like, he's really in control way more than people think. And people are like, oh, I'm so sick of him. I'm exactly. like, ah, no, he's you're best. not sick of him, actually. You'll miss him. Like, he's the way only, more than people he, think. Yeah. He people people are starting to catch on. I mean, you know, when we're talking about the whole buildup with with Drew McIntyre, when Drew Claymore's him, I think, for the second time on the floor. And and literally Brock looks at him as pick up the pick up the belt. You hear him? Grab the belt. Pick up the belt. Dick face. And Drew's like, oh yeah, Actually, that's not true. Okay, he he, because, he yelled a grab the belt. <laughs> With Cena, he's like, oh gosh, grab that belt. But the the but the whole the whole point of that is that people people believe that Lesnar doesn't care. He does care he about the he business. Does. He cares about the story. The he really does. And, and Drew McIntyre, I'm not saying that he doesn't care about the story, but the problem is, is that Drew has been controlled the entire time through this run. And Brock's like, pick up the belt. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. You know, and it's like Brock is not controlled and Drew is. And that's the difference of what yeah. we're seeing and why we continue to love Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar will literally and, go into the backstage and of the title any and more, throw it at Vince if there's any just more, for fucking fun. If there's any more evidence you know? that less is more, it is his character because Lesnar, yeah. Yeah. because his when he attacks Cena on the moment we're talking about, of course yeah. the next pay per view mm-hmm. he faced Cena and Cena and beat lost. him. Yeah, and like so, first of all, shit booking, just ridiculousness. But 
Less is more. Matter. His character was so good, and the way Lesnar and Brock portrayed themselves got his character over even more. And then they fucking gave up because I think Vince is just like, "Well, fuck, we got to make him a killer." What was I thinking? And then he ended up killing Cena at SummerSlam like a couple years later. Well, that's destroyed why destroyed him in, tw- that, in yeah. 2014. Yeah, and that's then ever since was, we were there, ever since we were there, by the way, he's been a monster. Which the day that he came back, he should have been booked that way, but they booked Cena that- to beat him right away, which is dumb. what i meant um about him debuting in ufc and losing his first fight now that i think about it, i'm like were they trying to kind of mock that in that he lost his first fight but then after that he won like four or five fights in a row and fucking just demolished people i think so, I mean, i'm not that's saying a really good i think it's a really good idea but i think you're giving him way too much credit no, no i mean i mean <laughs> i mean the WWE, you're giving him sounds way too right much credit. Yeah. oh yeah no i know it was stupid but yeah. you know but, still. Oh, but hold on, hold on. Yeah, because you, did, you, did, you mentioned the quote of uh, Paul say something stupid. You, 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 just because of what he says before that, because that was after uh, Punk and him had a little scuffle on Raw, you know, in the ring or whatever. I think Brock went out and attacked him or vice versa. And then uh, uh, Renee Young was interviewing them backstage. And I just, because I always remember this, Brock, is that the best of the best of the best of this world has to offer? I'm the best and the best. Paul, say something stupid. <laughs> oh, say, and then Paul, say something stupid. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> All right. Well, let's push it forward a little bit. Well, I say we push it forward. We're going to go back a little bit. We're going to go back to 2008. This, this, this is a, this is a moment, man. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, everybody wants to fight about the WWF versus WCW uh, personas, the characters, the people involved that made those federations what they were. This is something where, you know, we already know at this point the WCW is long gone. It's been long gone for some time, but yet we still pay homage to an all-time great, and we re-roll into the, ty- the retirement of Ric Flair, March 31st, 2008, just... Paint the picture, please. I think that what it's just so easy. Once WCW got bought, they did such a great job of just being like, ah, it's this thing that was around a long time ago, but it's not around anymore. But like it, it's kind of, I mean, Flair fucked it up because he went to TNA afterwards and wrestled a couple times here and there and kind of ruined it. But um, I really wanted him to be done done because I think that God, like he wrestled way too long. But oh, at the same wait, time, sorry they to still- Jess, are you saying so Flair wrestled? At- <laughs> sorry, I can't even, I almost can't even say it. Flair wrestled after he retired here, but doesn't he retire? Yeah, I know. It's unheard of in wrestling because generally when someone leaves like a loser retirement match, they're gone for good. You never see him again. Macho man. In this case, uh, Terry Funk. He broke that rule. Dusty Rhodes. It's It's just amazing Like to me just to see it. And I know I'm not trying to mock it because the moment it makes sense. It could have been done on any raw and been just as impactful, but it was the night after he lost to Michaels it was the night, two nights after he was put in the hall of fame. So it was just kind of like a whole weekend of to see him get to retire. And the company put that much money into him and, and they really believed in him. I mean, 2008, he was done. He'd been long done flair and he still had it in him to put together that final run. It was a cool build up to the whole thing where he like two months before mania, he's like the next time I lose, I'll retire. So it was really cool for two months mm. all before, like whoever he fought he every lose. week, it was just like, if he loses tonight, he said he's done and he somehow pulled he's, it out. Or, pulled it off. Right. Yeah. He escaped by the skin yeah. of his teeth or whatever. 
And um, this is this is where Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania, you get you can see him word the mouths. I'm sorry, I love you. And yeah, and give him sweet shit music, right? And then he beat him, and yeah, and so like the next night, it was just it's phenomenal as a fan, which so many people for, had forgotten by this point, which I get. You know, WCW was long gone at this point, seven years removed, and and it was not even relevant even two years before it went out of business. But like to see Flair get that treatment and retire in a WWF ring or WWE at this time um, was so crazy for me as somebody who grew up with him because it was like he was NWA, WCW and Hogan was WWF. And it was like you liked one or the other and you like this type of wrestling or you like this type of wrestling. And it was just odd to see him finally, which Flair had been entertaining from the beginning he had an over-the-top character from the start. It's hilarious how he became the rep of good wrestling and hardcore wrestling, whereas Hulk was the silly cartoon character, which Flair's a goddamn walking cartoon. And, like, it's just so funny that he actually did retire and with a lot of fanfare in this amazing moment in the WWF of all places. Like, it was, a, as a fan that grew up with him, it wasn't lost on me. Yeah. And I was like, God, like, is he really getting this treatment from them, from the competition? Because that's what they were the whole time. And, like, it's it's awesome to see Flair get that kind of the tribute paid to him. And, you know, they had a bunch of people come in the ring, like Steamboat and Undertaker and Arn Anderson and everybody say goodbye and Triple H, of course, because he's got to hog everything. Oh, he and goes so first, he, by the way. So he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Vince came down or whatever. And it was, it was, it was great to see, you know, and it's like, it was this moment, like I said, as a fan, I was like, I remember him from the eighties. Like I, I grew up, he's so not supposed to be here. This is so not the company that should be saying goodbye to him, but it is. And it's amazing that they're doing it for him. So I was glad they did. And he fucked it up because Flair just can't get out of his own way sometimes. But like, uh, it was, it was an amazing moment for the, and it just happened to fall the day after mania. But at the same time, like, it's made it all that more special because, like I said, Hall of Fame, losing to Michaels in a good match, a very good match. And uh, and then he, you know, retired. It was it was very poetic. Last night, I wrestled my very last match at WrestleMania. I will never, ever wrestle in this ring again. Please, please. I, I, I'm not sad about not wrestling. You shouldn't be sad about the fact that you're not going to see me out here. You should rejoice in the fact that I have had the greatest wrestling career. In the- yeah, and if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it because it's it's awesome in a, in a couple of ways. Um, one, I mean it was interesting to see a, his family comes out. And so you get to see Charlotte in, you, know, you get to see in, his future in 2008 ex-wife. future how, ex-wife. How, how, how old was Charlotte at that time? I don't, she's so young and so different and short hair in yeah. It announced as Ashley. Um, you get to, you get four oh horsemen. And, you, and I remember Barry Windham being shocked at how, um, how he looked steamboat. Um, the, most of the locker room get their own entrances and then the entire locker room comes out. And of course, Flair cries uh, 50 times. Uh, in, from the, <laughs> he's almost crying in the very beginning. God damn, when he, when totally, he does she totally, totally deserved that, oh, right? I mean, 100%. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not mad. He's an emotional guy and you kind of love it when you're crying with him. Like, yeah, I don't judge him for it. No, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was special. No, I, I'm with you completely. I, I I look at it and I and I see the the really the death of WCW, and I look at Flair at that time, and I know he's in that final match with Sting. He's wrestling with a shirt on, but I I knew even then I was like, God, Flair's not done. Like WCW might be dead, but Flair is not, and yeah. I, I knew that from the get. You know, you just you didn't know what would come of it. And I know we shit on Triple H, but if if it wasn't for Triple H, we wouldn't have seen a lot of flair after that. So you got to give him some credit, right? But at the end of the day, seeing that really, you're talking really what ten years later? Like what? I mean, we're talking ninety eight, ninety nine when WCW really crumbled for real, and Flair is retiring almost a decade later. That's that's something else, you know. And I don't I don't think people a lot of people really don't understand how big of a moment that is. 
yeah, it was good. It was good to see him go. I wish he would have fucking stayed with it, but you know, what are you going to do? They, they don't though. They, they never do. Terry Funk didn't. God, they, they all, Oh, it's my last match. No, it's not. Yeah. We all know it's not until you need, until you need the meal ticket to feed your family. It's not, you know, but you know, I, I'll never, I'll never give flair shit on that because so many other wrestlers have done it. Macho man. Oh, I'm out. You gotta retire, brother. No, you didn't. You fucking wrestled. Piper. God damn it. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Everybody did it. Everybody did it. Shit. You know? So I'll never, I'll never fault Flair for that. I, I guarantee you, people are like, Flair's like, no, but I'm retired. But like, yeah, but everybody's retired and come back, Flair. Everybody's done it. Funk did it. You know, it's like, well, all right. Well, okay. Austin's, you know, Austin's the only one. That's why I'm yeah. the boat. The only person when I'm done, I'm done. And, and they, and they've tried even Heyman tried to talk him back into it. You know, if I just, I don't see him ever doing He's it. He's not. He doesn't not at this it, point, no. Austin, let me propose no. to you facing one. Brock. <laughs> let me. <laughs> can I do Canadian destroyers into the table? Yeah. <laughs> can I do Horkon Rondas? No. Can I do this some Asai moonsaults? Suicide you know, you could, you can, you, just, just to upset cuz you could argue that Austin has come back numerous times because he's given his finisher to so many fucking people after he's retired. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a match, does it? No. I mean, he can keep doing that shit. I mean, shit, he, he's in fucking great oh, shape. So it's, di- so it's different? I don't oh, know why it's different. I, I, I think it is, actually. What? <laughs> what? Because he could easily, because he could easily go come back and have a match and then it'd be really mm. shitty and him not be the same and then there you go. You you he left on a great note. Right. You already know that. Come on. Well, as usual, you've totally missed the point. So hit us up on Instagram at OWG twenty nineteen. Click on Linktree, and you can join us on several platforms, including Apple, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Go ahead, cuz get the last fucking comment. No, it's just mm-mm. Oh God, you can't handle it. All right, that's Dave Jess Cuz. And Craig coming on with the OWP. Have a good one.